All right, welcome to the Mental Fitness Podcast. I'm Mike Dunn, I'm your host. We have co-host Fran Ramsden with us, and we kind of wanted to use this uh, opportunity to have a podcast and just sort of discuss current events and how they apply to mental fitness principles, um, practical way people can apply them to their everyday lives. So, I don't know, Fran, if you wanted to talk a little bit about what our idea for this project was. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think the key word you used there was practicality. Like, uh, when we were thinking about this mental fitness system and how people could, you, you know, use it to train their mental faculties, their mindset, their mentality, and grow and develop as a, as a person, including their character, it needed to be something that was practical. You know, like, when you look at other options or just other means and ways of going about it, they seem to be very abstract, um, you know, lot of big idea concepts that just don't have real application to everybody's life and so we wanted to make sure that with the things you know that, that we're teaching and the things we're talking about and discussing actually apply to the people's life that's listening and so the idea is we're going to put some of our video series and playlists on youtube that is kind of where we're going to hit more of the philosophical side of the things that we want to talk about and teach and then we want to have the podcast which is more of a laid-back version something way less informal uh, as a way to, to really try to communicate that everyday dealings that uh, the audience will uh, identify with. And then from there, I think that just allows us another means to make contact with people and to have that relationship start to build. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess today, the big current event story, obviously, is the uh, coronavirus. So I think... I think we can talk about a couple things there. I think, um, obviously, one, what are things that people can do during this time being in quarantine? Um, and then also sort of just look at big picture, how we got here, um, where things are sort of headed and what it means now moving forward for us. Yeah, so you want to start on practical things people can do at home? Um, actually, I think we should start with big picture maybe to give more context okay. and then we can yep. talk about what that means. Um, so <laughs> this thing's new. Um, it's, it's interesting because it's something we haven't had to deal with specifically this exact case before. Um, but similar situations, human society has had to deal with. So it's kind of, if this isn't our thing, it's at least practice for it. Each generation sort of has their big experience that they go through. Um, and if this isn't ours, again, it's sort of our practice for it. So it's new to us, but we there are lessons we can learn from the past on how to deal with these things. Yeah, so like, you know, um, for me, do you think anything like when when we're talking big picture and talking about maybe like once in a lifetime or like your top five sort of like, I don't know if the word tragedy or the historical event, you know, do, do you think it matters at all the build up to it? Like how people, um, you know, either see this particular scenario unravel uh, because it almost seems like yesterday when people were making jokes and saying like, it's no big deal. And then here, here you are lockdown and uh, economy down the tubes. Um, do, do you think it all matters how people perceive these events before they happen uh, as any sort of bearing on how to handle it? Or would you say that that's like a separate thing or 
removed. No, absolutely. That's uh, the one of the major things. And again, here we can tie it into mental fitness. Um, is that's one of the ideas is really the way you perceive a situation is going to affect how you approach that situation. And of course, how you approach it is going to affect the outcome. Um, and it all starts with your mentality and attitude going into it. So if this goes back even before the virus happened, people have been telling us for years that <clears throat> this is something that's going to happen eventually and something we have to worry about. And so uh, preparedness is the first thing. And then once it happens, sort of adapting to the situation to remain prepared um, or to get prepared quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So, but yeah, it, you know, if you don't take it seriously, you're, you're going to be late to react to it. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to overreact and panic. I think the best thing you can do is look at the situation as realistically as possible so you know how to actually handle it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always, like, and that's actually the tough part to separate is when you, most people's sources of information are, like, social media. And, you know, I like that people are able to communicate and, uh, you know, could, you know, uh, send information to one another and to broadcast their own points of view. But I think sometimes people obviously allow that to shape their own perspective. And that's something we talk about a lot in mental fitness, which is like people really need to get back to forming their own opinions on things, you know, and it's like, how do you do that? Which definitely a complicated topic. Uh, but, you know, that and at least that journey and progress towards that learning to intake information is just one piece of the pie. But regardless, that journey of learning to formulate one's own opinions, I think is paramount and a skill. It's actually a skill. And that's not something that I think is is easily found in all human beings. Like that's something that people would like think and like, oh, almost dismiss even like, oh, yeah, of course people make their own decisions. It's like, well, do they? Like if you really look at most people's behavior, they more than likely replicate or regurgitate, at least the way I see it. And so they hear or they see one post on social media it's just an example and without doing any additional work or thought, you know, thinking behind it, next time that topic comes up with a friend or something, they cite that article that they saw. And so then you have this, you know, environment where information is easily passed along and then you end up with like half of it being right, half being wrong. And then you got people all, all over the place. So, um, you know, I think being able to, formulate one's own opinion and again creating that process for yourself uh, as part of a mental fitness training i think is something that again is a valuable skill it can translate to you know a situation like this where even as today we're getting stats in almost on the daily about what's transpiring and you'll have people on both sides either people making it way worse blowing it way out of proportion and then you got people that are like still dismissive as if it's no concern whatsoever and you know uh the, the truth's somewhere in between those right and that's usually the case in the way it works um <clears throat> where the truth lies in between that's a good point about sort of critical thinking and you know forming your own opinion i think i think we can use this sort of as an opportunity to show people maybe <laughs> sort of our process um because i mm -hmm. think part of you know, one of the best ways to do it is to bounce ideas off of other people, have those ideas critiqued, and both people involved need to understand the goal is to f discover the truth, figure out what actually is real, um, 
and not, you know, where both sides aren't trying to be right, where they're actually trying to move the idea forward. <clears throat> so, again, we kind of want to use this podcast in general as an opportunity to do that, to sort of showcase some of our discussions in general. We're going to get things wrong um, at times. We're going to disagree at times and go back and forth and, you know, some one of us will look better at times, the other one won't. Um, but I think we want to put it out there, open it up for people to see that that's part of the process um, to getting to the truth and discovering the truth. So with the virus, some things, again, with all the differing information, um, some things I think we can conclude from it is that this is going to take a while <laughs> to get over. Um, hopefully we can get through it quicker uh, than expected and you know, with the least amount of pain as possible, but I think we do need to be realistic that two weeks wasn't a realistic goal, um, and I don't know how realistic one month is. That being said, we don't need to panic, we just need to understand this is what we have to do to get through it. My reason for thinking it's going to take long is that uh, at this point we've admitted that there's no stopping it. Um, Part of the plan now is herd immunity, which requires a certain percentage of people to get it. So the question isn't, you know, how many people are going to get it, it's when. And the main issue is not overwhelming the healthcare system. And so what we need to do is balance many things. Um, a lot now you hear the, the conversation being framed as like economy versus people's health. And... Mm, yeah. Uh, like you said, we get misinformation on both sides. People saying the virus isn't nothing to worry about and people overblowing the effects of the virus. <clears throat> I think the main concern isn't the virus, it's the ripple effects that a, a widespread virus will have, both on the economy and overwhelming our healthcare system. And so you need to balance those two things because if people don't have money, they're gonna they're gonna die that way. You know, there, There's gonna be side effects. Mm -hmm. If too many people get sick at the same time, our healthcare system won't be able to handle it and people will die as a result of that. Right now, um, blood donors are, are already down. We've heard about the ventilators, but there's other ripple effects that will come from this. Um, so we need to balance it. That's the, <laughs> that's the major thing, but that's gonna require uh, sort of a dragged out process. And it's also gonna require everyone to realize that it's going to take some time, things aren't going to go back to normal tomorrow, and we all need to sort of help each other out along the way. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly right. I mean, when you try to look at any of the statistics with an open mind, I think there's a couple of things that jump out is definitely the contagious rate or the like how easily it can spread. Um, and then the other thing to me is the, you know, lower, I mean, it's hard to always say this, but like, you know, a small percentage of mortality, right? Like, it's not like 50% of people are dying, which would be astronaut, that, like, that would be absurd, right? So, you know, those two things, right? Spreads pretty easily and rapidly, and it tends to kill people that have uh, multiple health considerations and that are in either, like, below average to poor to average health, you know? And it's not necessarily, you know, uh, killing everybody in their 30s, although you see social media where they put the one story out, that, oh, a 37, health, you know, healthy person died. And like like we said, especially the, st the stats game is always very interesting because it's there's never absolutes in stats. So you're always going to find, you know, exceptions to 
those to, to trends, right? But I think if we speak in general, that's that's a good position to take, especially on this, because you don't want to go the opposite, which is go too specific and be wrong. Like you said earlier, this isn't about being right or wrong. It's about finding the truth. And, you know, so, yes, people have these uh, agendas or they have certain viewpoints that they're trying to share. But if you're going for truth, again, I think the two stats that really pop out is how easily this can go from one person to the other. And like you said, that that results in overwhelming the healthcare system. Uh, and that's any healthcare system. That's not, you know, America or Europe or Italy. Like, that's every healthcare system. You can't have, you know, uh, a large percentage of population get sick with the same ailment that requires the same treatment, whether that's a, a limited capacity. Like, that's always going to result in that. So, the, the high infectious rate, you know, is something to take a look at, but then at the same time, being realistic about the death rate. I think, you know, I've seen it across the board, but I don't think I've, ever, I've seen it higher than between 1% and 3%, right? So most people do get healthy, and every day they do put those stats about, I think today it's at 100 and, I, I, I don't know exactly, but like a large percentage of people have got the virus, went through it, got better. So, you know, you're always trying to balance these things. So like you said, it's not the end of the world. Uh, there's going to be people that die. And that's something I actually think is a very fascinating topic is the topic of death in general, because we tend to avoid that. That's a topic that we don't discuss. We don't share. Um, I think I saw president Trump say it the other day, he said something like, there's gonna be a lot of death this week. <laughs> and just that headline pops, you know, to say that there's going to be death. It's like, what? You can't say that. Like, that's, that's horrible. This is that's bad. And, um, you know, that's, that's just going to be a fact of life in this, in, in this instance, people will get coronavirus and die. And a large percentage of people will, will get it and survive. And so you said, you know, something else I think we need to talk, we need to talk about and tie into this is controlling what we can control, right? So we will, we talked about this balanced approach. We're talking about not freaking out like it's the worst thing in the world. And then at the same time, not taking it so lightly, we have to find that balance. But I think also uh, tied into all this is, is learning to look at everything and what we can control. We can, we cannot control the infection rate. We can, we cannot control like if I get it necessarily, yes, I can do things to, you know, to try to prevent myself from getting it or to lower my risk. Um, but in the day, like you as an individual, <clears throat> uh, it's going to be hard for you to control the total population accelerant rate. You know, now if everybody does their part, that's something that we can control, but in a vacuum, you know, uh, this thing is going to run its course. It's not going to be gone next week, no matter, you know, almost no matter what we do, uh, that's not likely. So again, we can have a whole discussion here about things that are in our control and things that we can do to push forward through this scenario, uh, that, that will yield a good outcome. Yeah, I agree. Um, and maybe we can sort of transition here into the more practical aspect because yeah, you have the bigger picture where, Again, we're looking things you can control, things you can't. As a society, <clears throat> we're trying, <laughs> the American way is not to be over-controlling. So we're asking people, please do the best that you can. Uh, please stay at home, you know, sort of take responsibility upon yourself. So as a society, big picture, um, we have to sort of just realize this thing's going to take a while, um, and I'll do our part. So yes, in now on the more practical level, personal responsibility, yeah, do your part, limit how much you can go out, but at the same time, realize that you can't control how much other people are going out. If the person working at the store hasn't been taking proper caution, um, that's really outside of your control. So you need to just do everything within your own power to 
stay clean. Um, that again, doesn't mean overreacting. That doesn't mean never leaving. It just means taking the necessary precautions. Yeah. Like how disastrous would it be to one's mindset if they were constantly worried about, let's say, um, catching the virus from somebody at the grocery store? Like to the point you just said, like you're not going to be able to control what other people are doing. But in this scenario, wouldn't the individual in question, if they were so worried about that, just not go to the grocery store and neglect other things like, you know, nutritious food or things like that? Is that what, what we would be talking about as something that we shouldn't worry about? Is that a good or bad example? Well, again, yeah, you want to, you know, you can always reduce your risk at a cost. Um, again, like you said, you don't have to leave your house, but at a certain point, you still have to eat. You know, the trade-off is that mm -hmm. you're not going to get the virus, but you're not going to eat, and you're so you're still going to die that way of starvation. You know, the, there's a trade-off at the end of the day. Um but don't be an idiot when you go out, you know, do, right. do things you can. Well, well it's even like, hands, yeah. do the gloves. Think about masks. the stress factor, don't right? Go like this is the, you have to, but yeah. Like, so, so to me, I think people underestimate the, the stress factor as well. That is placed on the human body. Um, you know, I've got people in, in my personal life who at one point or time or another, uh, have had high levels of stress. And in some cases it's actually led to, you know, physical ailments you know i think that's a common thing for some people if if you're somebody who uh, has high levels of stress or anxiety you may have even felt sick at times nauseous you know uh, upset stomach headache cramps things like that uh and so you know during this time while it could be easily uh, understood to be stressful like i i don't know if me or you would like question an individual if they were feeling stressed right now but that doesn't mean necessarily that that should be the aim right like that shouldn't be you know, right. I, I get I get nervous, not necessarily nervous, I guess, but I caution our society right now where we tend to skew towards not offending, right, and not saying things uh, that would offend an individual, even when that demands we suppress the truth. So that's kind of a big issue for me personally, and I know it probably is for you as well, considering it's our number one principle in our mental fitness system is truth. Uh I feel like, you know, suppressing truth in order to not make somebody like like stressed or, 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 or if you're suppressing truth to avoid something else, I don't know if that's necessarily a good angle to take. Right. And yeah, I mean, again, that's why it's our number one principle and that's why here we're going to get some stuff wrong and that's fine. What we mm -hmm. want to do is open up conversation. Uh, anyone listening does think we're wrong please engage with us we'd love to correct ourselves wherever that is um but that's going to require being willing to make some mistakes and get some stuff wrong here and there right um, as well as the people <clears throat> trying to correct us they have to in order to try to correct us they have to risk being wrong themselves so it creates actually a healthy dynamic where everybody then should have a a common goal to get the truth right right and so you know if if we're worried about more about our own reputation and being right, then you're going to get offended if you turn out to be right. wrong here or there along the way. But if, again, you just 
change your mind where you're wrong so that you're now right. There's no reason to be offended. Someone pointed you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They didn't, <laughs> you know, you're only yeah, and, if and you so, continue holding that point. That, yeah. <laughs> that and, and then, and then I, I want to make sure I close the loop on my point about uh, stress and stuff, uh, just because I thought I left it hanging there a little bit, which is, you know, you, you talked about trade-offs. Well, one of the trade-offs is, you know, if you go too far on the spectrum towards Safety, I suppose, or like isolation, again, is when you have to get out of that bubble and that safety zone, you're going to experience high levels of stress. And where I was going with it is, it it's wrong now, generally viewed in society, to tell somebody, um, that that it's wrong for them to feel stressed, right? So, for instance, ready to give you an example. Imagine, you know, somebody is is at home. They are really, really taking uh, caution about leaving the house, which is generally a good thing. But then they start to cross that line and start to do it to the point of detriment. There's no physical activity. They're not getting fresh air. They're not getting sunlight. They're waiting the last minute to get groceries. They might not find everything that they need at the store because people are going to, the sh- you know, are shopping more and stuff like that and stockpiling on and on and on. And then when they do have to venture out, they're worried that every little thing can give them coronavirus. The car, oh, I, I better wipe down the car. Oh, the handle, oh, the oh, the people, the person gave you that meat, I, I better throw the meat away. Like, you can see how this could spiral down, down, down very, very, very rapidly. And my point being about truth is that that's where somebody in their life is is allowed to tell them that that is a detrimental behavior. You know what I mean? Like, you are, a, you. are I think you are able to tell somebody that that is not ideal. And then you have that conversation, right? Like we talked about this whole time. It's about being, risk being, it's worth uh, risking yourself being wrong in order to try to ha- go after progress. And for me, like, when I go to the grocery store, I'm definitely 1,000% limiting my exposure, both how often I'm going and, and doing different things. And even when I'm there, I'm trying to, like, be smart about it. I'm not touching everything. I'm not, you know, I'm just not going, I'm not going crazy. You know, I'm not going over to place acting like everything's normal. At the same time, I'm happy to report I've got like two percent stress levels, like <laughs> when I'm out and about. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like because I'm 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 a seeking truth. I'm I'm going after this scenario for what it is. I'm being extremely realistic, and right now at this point in time, my abil- my uh, likelihood of contracting the coronavirus in Pittsburgh uh, by going to the grocery store one time, like what once every two or three weeks or whatever it ends up being. Uh, Getting sick with the coronavirus, dying uh, age 29, being extremely healthy is very, very low. Statistically, that, that way it can't happen. I could certainly get it and die, certainly. But realistically and statistically, it's very low. Likelihood's low. So for me, that trade-off between low risk, low levels of stress or low levels of risk mortality is low. My stress levels should match that. I shouldn't have like supreme levels of stress, at least in my opinion. That's the ideal scenario. And I'm not saying that's attainable in all, in all individuals or sometimes it's not even practical. Sometimes we're talking about practicality. Sometimes it is worth being scared and things like that. But the, again, it's, it's this balance that, that we're talking about today. The balance of what are the facts? What's really going on with this damn thing? Where do we sit? And then how do we best try to live our lives given these circumstances. And I do think it's a mistake if you go too far the spectrum one way or the other, but specifically what I'm talking about is going too far towards the safety, scared, cautious stress route. Right. Um, yeah, it can it can add additional stress. So kind of like I said in the beginning, if if this isn't our, you know, opportunity as a generation to 
deal with something, it's practice for it. And so use this opportunity is practice best you can if you're stressing now. Um, this is difficult. What we compare it to is physical fitness. So if you haven't worked out in a year, touched a weight in a year, you're not just gonna wake up one morning and do 100 push-ups, right? You're gonna start with 10 and work your way up. And over time, you're gonna build your muscles up. And it's the same thing with mental fitness. Over time, you'll build your mentality up. So at first, just saying, don't stress, we understand that that's not gonna work. But as you keep telling yourself and changing the way you frame things, so as you said, <clears throat> there's risk, certainly, and you should take precautions, but also understand that there's other risks that you take every day, right? Like we know the statistics on driving and car accident deaths, and there's probably a higher risk of driving to the grocery store than there is of getting the virus at the mm -hmm. grocery store, statistically. Again, that yep. doesn't mean be careless on both ends. Like still wear a seatbelt, still do every right? Take as many precautions as you can, but still recognize um, there's a risk involved in everything you do. So sort of reminding yourself of these things is one way um, that both you and I look at it and are able to reduce our stress. So we understand that telling yourself this isn't gonna work at first, uh, but you have to keep doing it and keep reminding yourself um, you know, that there's things that you can control and things that you can't. The things that you can control, you need to actually focus on. And one of mm -hmm. those things is how we respond to stress. And what we need to remind ourselves is that even if the situation is stressful, being stressed out doesn't help us. It doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't help us get through it. So what we need to do is look at the situation realistically, look for the truth, and then how to, you know, proceed based on that and again it may not be an ideal situation sometimes you only have two uh you know unpleasing options but one's still better than the other you have to take the best option available so i want to quote something to you and see if you're on board with it so i'd like to tell a story about stress and worry if you wouldn't mind and then we can after that, talk about some practical tips for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Does that sound good? Yep. All right. So I was listening to a podcast, and uh, the speaker of the podcast was talking about in his neighborhood, they, you know, the local government was considering putting in speed bumps, okay, uh, to stop you know cars from driving fast through the neighborhood. And, you know, he had young children, so he supported that movement. Um, and so... You know, you go to a couple of these city government council meetings and they start talking about it more. And what ends up happening is, you know, they they approved it or they were, you know, very close to doing so. And then he realized that when people put these speed bumps and they also have to put in a sign that says, hey, speed bump ahead, go slow. Right. You can't just flop speed bumps in the middle <laughs> of the road without telling people. Right. And so he started to do like a little bit of research, a little bit of digging. And he found that like they they would put this sign like two houses in from like the intersection, right? Like two houses in and then the speed bumps were like the fourth and fifth house down, right? And he lived on the second house from the intersection. <laughs> and it's like this huge sign. He's like, well, I don't want that sign in my yard. I don't want that. Look, at, I don't want that there. That's it. That's ridiculous. So then he all of a sudden, he like completely reversed his opinion and was like stressing out about this sign that's going to be in his yard, you know, like this huge yellow sign that he didn't want there, didn't look good, this, that, and the other, right? Yes. So... 
he went out and he bought himself a seven foot bush or tree. And he went around to like the, cause I think like where he would, you know, it, it's like be like one of those housing plans where like, there's a couple of them in like in a row together yeah. and like his particular one didn't have it, but the other ones near him did. So he went to the other ones and like measured exactly like the footage away from the street. Like where'd they put this thing? He put that damn bush there, put the bush where he projected. They put the yellow sign, right? Yeah. Okay. So he puts his plant there. He's like, look, I'll show them. They'll put they'll have to put the sign, you know, uh, somewhere else, or it'll at least be covered up. Like the bush can cover up the sign yeah. from our point of view and from, you know, everybody else seeing the sign there. Well, this was like a two-year process, you know, between they first started talking about the speed bumps to him getting this bush, to him doing all this measuring. It's like a two-year process. And at the end of two years, they didn't put the sign there. They put it on someone else's property anyway. <laughs> and so... He was saying how all this stress that he did the last two years over worrying about a stupid sign, it wasn't even like an actual concern. And so he now says when he drives and pulls in, he looks at his worry bush. That's what he calls it, his worry bush. <laughs> that gets a two-year worry. And essentially his takeaway message was like, um, you know, t tomorrow will have its own stresses. You should focus on today. You know, don't be worrying about stuff that hasn't even transpired yet, things that haven't come to be, like quit worrying about, you know, what may happen, what could happen. And, and, and if everybody just took that one practical tip of trying to stay focused on what's in fr front of their plate today, what's something that they can control today, uh, that's just one way to, to lower your, your, your stress levels and your worry. What do you think of that little story there, Donna? I think, think? it's good. I think there's two, yeah, two big things I want to mention off of it. I agree 100% what you said um and yeah it's kind of if it's outside of your control right if there's nothing that you can do to affect it one way or another right it wasn't because of all his work with the bushes and whatnot that they went in someone else's yard and had they decided to go in his yard it, it, they were going to do it bush or not he would have had to remove the bush it would have been additional stress um <clears throat> so if it's outside of your control really there's no point in worrying because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen anyhow. And so he would have still had just as much stress. He just would have had the sign in the yard. Um, mm -hmm. And the second thing, what I really liked that he did was repurpose it, right? Now he has a mm -hmm. worry bush, but instead of yeah. allowing it to continue to add stress on top of the two years, he's now turned it in a way to reduce other stressful things in his life. Next time he gets stressed out and he pulls into his house, he looks at that bush and says, okay, not worth it. And so yep. he's able to recycle that stress and save himself future stress as a result. So I think that's a big lesson that people should realize too. Whenever something happens, this is why reflection is important. Look back on it and take the lesson to the future. Yeah, I, I think stories and jokes in particular have a great way to relate these concepts that we're talking about to people. Because sometimes they just hear us talk or they hear us like, you know, talk about a little bit of philosophy and, and theorize. And sometimes we can get people lost. But like, you know, trying to get, the, you know, like, like you said, the practicality of what we're talking about is what's going to make people be in, in tune with this type of podcast and the style. And uh, I think that kind of segues into what we talk about next here, which is give people some, some tips to close out this podcast. Talk about what you guys can actually do. Um, instead of us, you know, just going on about, oh, we shouldn't worry. Like, okay, if you're on board with that and now you're hungry for more and you're like, okay, great. We'll give you some things to do. We got them. So why don't we do this? Why don't we go every other for 
a little bit, maybe a couple minutes, where uh, I'll go first. Uh, this will also, since we're doing this, like, live, we're not, like, we're definitely not, like, pre-writing this whole thing out and making it real scripted. This will also give you time to think of, like, a good one, too. Um, but I'll go first, you know, I'll give a practical tip, explain it, how people can utilize that, and then you can go and give one, and I'll give one. Maybe we'll just do it a couple times, and by the end of it, people will have four or five things to, to focus on, and that gives them something that I think can help them manage their stress. Is that something? Yeah, definitely a good idea. Okay. So I think the first thing people should focus on is not – it's actually a, a – what do they call that thing, like in math, where there's two negatives that equal positive, whatever the hell that the thing's called. Uh, thing. Kind of like – yeah. yeah, double <laughs> negative. There you go. And that is uh, to not neglect your physical fitness. Uh, you know, if, if you look at any of these orders that have been given by any of the governors or the president, nothing – you know, one of the excuses on there for allowing people out of their homes is for exercise. Now, that was, wasn't picked out of thin air. They just didn't put that on there uh, to be popular. They put that on there because there's actually a practical use behind that. And, you know, I'm not naive. Uh, my, you know, I have, we have a business that is for physical fitness. So I'm very familiar with the statistics of the United States and, and, our, and our obesity rates and our health rates. And frankly, it's not good. Uh, we're approaching 40% for the adult obesity rate. Uh, yes, folks, 40%, like almost half, almost half of our adults are not, not even overweight. Cause like, that's a whole category. You have like normal weight and then it's overweight and then it's obese, like the highest category. And you know, we've got 40% of people approaching that, which is not good. So I'm not going to act like, you know, everybody's, you know, fit and loves running around and exercising to begin with. That being said, the thing that we cannot deny is the benefit of exercise. Every single person, no matter what age. The beauty of being in this industry, in this business, the reason why I get so excited every single day to work on this stuff and to talk about it is because it's for every single person. It doesn't matter if you're 73, you're, you're, you're 9, you're 25, you're 40. Exercise, both, both physically and doing mental fitness training, I think have practical use for every single person. You can always get better. There's not like an end game, right? There's always like a, like a, a continuum for your health. And so for me neglecting your physical health during this time is only going to add stress. Imagine, uh, you know, not only are you someone that's stressed about the coronavirus and it, and, and getting it and, and uh, dealing with other people and worried about that, but now if you neglect your physical health, now when this thing's over, you're going to be a lot unhealthier. You know, whether that's you gain weight or you neglect your immune system, you don't take the right foods, vitamins, minerals, things like that. So that's my big practical tip is whatever you're doing, would you stop? Take some pause. I don't care if you've never exercised in your life. This is a great time to start. Fantastic time, especially if you're somebody that either works from home or he's even laid off in a bad scenario, laid off or fired or whatever, can't work right now, you're at home. It's a great time to try to get some physical activity, especially if you've never done it before. For those of us who have worked out before and exercise, time to adapt. You got to find a new way of doing it. Most of us don't have access to heavy weights. We can't weight lift. Our gyms are closed. Our apartment gyms are closed. You might only have a few pieces of equipment. Now it's not the, not the time to complain. Now it's time to adapt. So my big tip is finding ways to put exercise, physical ex physical exercise and activity into your life. And I and it, you know just to give a couple examples, body weight routines. Just go on YouTube, type in body weight workout. There'll be tons that come up. Same thing for Google. You can search on Google or YouTube any of these things. Body weight routine. Uh, you can even do like yoga and active yoga and stretching things like that. Plenty of videos and plenty of free information there. Uh, if you have a dog, you know how. Every single person that has a dog, you know, if the dog has to go to the bathroom, you like put it on the leash and you walk outside for three minutes, it pees and you go right back inside because you don't want to be out there. Uh, every single person has done that. Yeah. So instead of doing that, how about every once in a while, take the dog for a 20 minute walk, 
You know what I mean? Just finding little things like that, I think, are, are really practical ways uh, to keep your physical your physical activity up, keep uh, your health boosted as best you can. Uh, you know, uh, it, there's actual chemical releases that happen when your body goes through exercise, physical activity, good chemical releases. So you'll get those things like enjoyment, fulfillment. Uh, th th those feelings can come in as well as, again, maintaining your health through this crisis so that when it's over and we're through it, you're not stuck with a, a way less fit body. So that would be my first tip. Yeah, I think it's a good tip. I think it can apply to everyone. I do want to point out, because um, as you mentioned there, even there are people in different situations right now. So we understand that we're talking to a general audience and that each person's going to have their own specific situation and issues that they're dealing with. Um, <clears throat> addressing those each separately is really the best way to do it. But again, we realize that the person who is now unemployed and there's a high percentage and it's only going to continue going up as people uh, use their part-time uh, or paid time off. Um, the, the people that, you know, are out of work and need to support other people, we need to, their solutions are going to be a little bit different. Their level of stress is going to be much higher. And what they need to do is basically just get back on their feet um, as quickly as possible. Try to be creative, as creative as they can. Um, <laughs> You're cracking me up. Yeah, I got to go on Yeah, sorry about that. We're going to... That's oh my God, on that walk you're talking about, and there goes my clock that you love. Um, <laughs> see, he heard you say he heard you say that word, and now he's all excited. Yeah, um, that's the way it goes, man. Hold on, buddy. Two more minutes. We gotta give <laughs> gotta give a couple more tips. <laughs> Dogs are a good way to reduce stress at times, or they can yes, add them. Um, yep. <laughs> they can be interruptive. Um, yep. Buddy. All right, so I'm sorry. Give me one moment. <laughs> All right, here's what I'll do. I'll give the audience the last tip. You can put yourself on mute. All right. <laughs> um, we'll go from there. And then and then if you're back for the wrap-up, we'll wrap it up together. If not, I'll close her out. Uh, the last right. uh, practice tip that I have for people, that, that, that something that they can start doing in their lives, is uh, personal development. Now, that comes in many forms. Obviously, that's, a broad, that's broadly speaking. Uh, but I do think that there's opportunities to develop yourself and to grow your character. Now, obviously, mental fitness training is like one way to do that. I'm not talking about like service, like I'm not salesy or anything like that right now. I just mean in general, if you t if you listen to things that we're talking about on the podcast and you practice some of this stuff, like trying to reduce your stress levels, controlling things you can control. To me, that's active mental fitness training. So that that's that's an area that you could do it in. Uh, I think reading is extremely powerful. Uh, there's multiple things that you can read. You can read for entertainment, which. Oh my God, now my camera's off. So you can read for entertainment, right? If you read something uh, for enjoyment, I think that's, that's the potential benefit, obviously. I think, you know, re reading a book, like a business book or a human development book where they're talking about how to develop a certain skill set, I always think that that's valuable. So, you know, that's an option for people. And then things, you know, especially during this time uh, around kind of like calmness or meditative things. So, you know, meditation, if you've never tried it, this could be a good opportunity for it. Um, again, you can go to YouTube for free and just find stuff. There's a couple apps out there for free that are like guided. So you don't really need to do anything yourself. You just kind of go listen to what they say. And it's a good way to get yourself introduced. Um, you know, uh, like we talked about earlier, but for physical activity, like yoga, you, you know, yoga has a certain aspect to it that is like mental and stress relieving in and of itself. And then lastly, if you're somebody that is like, uh, you know, 
religious, uh, having that special time to either study uh, out of the Bible or pray or uh, ponder life and, you know, ask for discernment and clairvo you know, uh, clarifications on things. I think, always think that that's important to have that, uh, you know, that aspect of it, especially if you're someone that's spiritual. So again, uh, you know, not, you know, you have opportunities to work on yourself. Like you can get better. Like you can come out of this thing with a new skill set uh, or new attributes if you spend the time wisely. Yeah, definitely. I made it back. Um, nice. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that's good. I just wanted to touch on my other point real fast and I'll wrap up with that. Mm -hmm. um, it's just yep. that, yeah, so if you're someone who, again, is supporting other people and may not be in a position to use this time to work on yourself, again, don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you're someone, again, who is looking for something to do during this time, be willing to help others, right? This is a good opportunity for us to get back to being more neighborly, more as a community. It's interesting. We are all sort of getting stir crazy and everything, but if you really think about it, the last 10 years we've all spent in isolation. Even when you go out in public, you're still on your phone. You, you know, now all of a sudden being stuck on your phone, <laughs> just because we're forced to and have to, it's stressful. But I think this can be a good opportunity uh, to become more neighborly. And again, if you're someone sitting at home looking for something to do, a way to be more productive, be creative and look at, for a way to help other people because you will end up learning something out of it and you will feel better about yourself. All right, man. Uh, anything else you want to add in here before we just wrap this thing up? No, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Um, anyone has any comments, questions, anything like that, we'd love to engage with them. Um, so please reach out, let us know, and uh, talk to you guys next time. Yeah, easiest way to do that, I'll put it in real quick, is Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just search the handle at Rams and Mental Fitness, at Rams and Mental Fitness. Uh, you'll find our page. Uh, simply follow it or like it, and then you can send a message directly on those platforms. Uh, we will uh, look to integrate questions or comments and feedback onto the podcast. Uh, we want this to be a dialogue. This isn't just me and Dunn, you know, know everything, just, you know, hear us roar. This is definitely not that, so... Um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. And then the last bit is Twitter too. We're pretty active on Twitter. If you go to, if you go, uh, the Twitter handle is at Ramsden MF at Ramsden MF. You can find us on there. So in, in those three platforms is great. And, um, like Dunn said, if you guys have comments and feedback, we'll, uh, you know, happy to take that into account and then put it on the air and discuss those ideas. So we hope to hear from you guys. Thanks.